0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. As you know, I'm Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with Bryce Schomburg. How are you, Bryce?
1: Doing well. How about yourself, Dr. Greenwood?
0: Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Uh Bryce was just telling me that it's uh it's snowing there in uh in Boston. And um and he's got uh he's got some training, uh some, some soccer training coming up this uh, uh this afternoon. So uh we're gonna we're gonna jump right in and get to talking to Bryce. Um so Bryce is currently um I want to make sure I want to make sure I get this right, Bryce, because you gave me the exact he, he's currently the marketing and 9 versus 9 programs manager for the Boston Bolts. I get that right?
1: Yep, that's a uh, a couple of the hats that I I wear around the Bolts. It's uh
0: I was going to say we'll fun experience. Get, Yeah, I was going to say we'll probably get into some of more of the hats that you're wearing, but uh cuz you said you're going to be uh you're going to be going out and doing some training, so I know you do some coaching as well. Um uh, yep. Bryce Bryce is a 2015 graduate of our program and so um uh yeah, he's been, I guess, what has it been now, Bryce? Uh a little over seven years since you uh, uh yeah,
1: yeah, graduated a little early and uh went off and did a couple of internships. And it's yeah. crazy to think that it's been about seven years now.
0: It is crazy to think, my my friend. So um let's get into it. Let's let's talk about uh where where did you uh I know where you grew up, but uh tell uh tell our listeners where you grew up.
1: Yeah, I grew up in Seattle, so it was uh the opportunity to kind of get away and go experience California and kind of enjoy the awesome weather and the proximity to everything out there and so that uh, really drew me to Cal Poly.
0: Yeah, I bet you know I um it's been really wild, Bryce. I um when when my my very first class that I taught at Cal Poly in 2006, 47 of the 48 students were California kids. And the uh the the one um the one who was not uh had dreads, which is what I imagined every Cal Poly kid would would look like when I came from North Carolina, but he was from Pennsylvania, <laughs> which was kind of funny. But um, but I have noticed, um I don't know if it's just our program, but it feels like Cal Poly has a bit of a Seattle pipeline going over the last ten to twelve years, and um, and uh, and they always turn out to be super great students, and so uh, uh, that that's a that's a cool pipeline that that I think we have. Tell us, uh, tell us what your parents did growing up.
1: Yeah, my mom was a teacher, um, a principal in her kind of middle years before transitioning out, and then my dad is a CPA accountant.
0: Right on, right on. I, I could have guessed your mom was a teacher. I love that. I, I knew that. I think you've told me that before, but, uh, but you, uh, you, you are, you were obviously really focused on education and academics and, uh, having a, a, a mom as a teacher can, can, it, well, it can come sometimes work both ways, right? <laughs> either a, uh, either a, uh, do it really well or, or B, you know, you do it really poorly. It's kind of like what they say <laughs> about the preacher kids, right? Sometimes, um, but, uh, but, but Bryce, Definitely gravitated towards uh, towards education and academics, and and I love that. Let's. Uh, what about siblings? Do you have any brothers or sisters growing up?
1: Yep, got a younger sister who actually uh, followed me along the Seattle pipeline and was also at Cal Poly. Yeah, um, she is now also in uh, higher ed and working at Penn State, uh, getting her master's in public relations and and working for them in. Uh, marketing for student affairs
0: right on right on that is awesome and uh i bryce i can't you know um this podcast i it's so wild how many how many of our students have brothers and sisters that end up end up either at cal poly or even in the program and uh it's really it's really quite amazing i love that i love that so let's talk about growing up there in seattle um you know, I I know obviously you were into sports, <laughs> so we we yeah. we get that out of the way. Tell us what sports you were into.
1: I was a big time soccer soccer guy the entire time. That was the sport that I played. Uh, my dad was and and honestly still is a high level football um, official, wow. and so that was always one of our kind of family traditions. Was the high school Friday night. Um, out and about. And so I knew all the different high schools and their mascots from an early age and was able to kind of quote you what <laughs> their records were and everything. And so that was an early introduction into the sports world. And then uh, just athletically, I was was always a soccer player. I love it. I love it. Well, that had
0: to be quite uh, an experience, though, uh, with with uh, people yelling at your dad while you're out there in the stands. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I guess as a as a football official, you you know that you can kind of hide. It's not quite like the umpire. I wouldn't want to I want if my dad was the umpire of home plate, I would not want to go to a baseball game he was doing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, at least they spread it out amongst a a few officials, but it's always given me a kind of nice perspective. And especially now that I'm in coaching, it's always nice to interact and and kind of just chat with the officials and lend a little support, whether it's a decision that goes against us or not. It's not the end of the world. And so it's been nice to have that perspective.
0: Right. Realizing they're humans and not robots, how we, uh, how we typically try to treat them. And, uh, so I love that. I, um, I, when I was, um, my younger years, I, I was, um, I was really hard on officials. In fact, my, my, my brother was like nine, eight, nine years younger than me. And when he was in, um, little league, I would go back, um, when I was in my twenties and, um, be yelling at like high school, you know, be yelling at umpires, you know, and, um, from, from the stands and, um, my best friend's dad was a longtime umpire and, um, and he, uh, he reached out to me and was like, you know what, you know, with your background as a catcher, I think you'd be a fabulous umpire. And, uh, and I was like, really? Okay, awesome. And I ended up like umpire for like two, three, four years after that, right? And uh it wasn't until a little while later that uh he came clean to me. He was like, I was just trying to get you off the fence yelling at us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Well, you did, you changed my perspective for sure. So I love that. Um, so uh, let's talk a, a little bit about that pipeline. Um tell me how you found out about Cal Poly Bryce.
1: Yeah, it originally started with uh, looking at the soccer team. Uh, we had a couple guys that had played for, for my club previously that had gone down to Cal Poly and had been looking at it, um, had been recruited to kind of some lower-level D1s and D2s and mm-hmm. was looking specifically for the right type of mix of school and everything and yeah. ultimately wasn't able to be on the soccer team. but coming down and experiencing Cal Poly was a place that I could see myself for for multiple years and just absolutely loving. And so I was always kind of focused on having a kind of sports management trend, concentration, something that I could revolve my studies around that way. with knew early on that's where I wanted to go. And so the combo of uh, kind of working in with you in the sport management department and being able to jump right in was always something that appealed to me and then of course was able to kind of still be in an awesome area get away from home a little bit and yeah. kind of build up some uh experiences away was yeah. one of those things that that really drew me and i mean it's kind of crazy but only applied to, to a couple schools. I think it was three and yeah. was hoping that, that Cal Poly was one of the ones that I was most passionately driving towards.
0: Yeah. I love that. And you still ended up playing pretty, some pretty high level soccer because Cal Poly's uh, men's soccer club is pretty good. Right. And um, I yep. think you were, if I remember correctly, you were uh, you're a big member of that. And, um, uh, and, and that provides a lot of leadership opportunities too, because, you know, when you're, um when you're an NCAA athlete you know you're not doing all the management side of it but when you're uh part of the uh, of a soccer club uh, at the collegiate level you do you get a lot of leadership experience if you if you step up and if i remember correctly i think you stepped up then you
1: yeah yeah that was a transformational experience for me 100% and easily the thing that kind of set me off towards the rest of my career and it's kind of crazy that those opportunities are available to 19, 20 year olds. And it's just one of those things where, Hey, if you, you jump on and take a hold of it and it's something that you enjoy that you can kind of start to sculpt your career. So I was fortunate enough to get on the team my freshman year or first year and really have a great group of guys that kind of took me under their wing and kind of, taught me a little bit about Cal Poly and the culture of the club and everything and okay. so great experience i was the youngest guy for i think our our first like 3 uh quarters playing and everything and mm-hmm. it took a while to kind of adapt to the college game and everything but yeah entering the kind of spring season uh we had a our club president was Transitioning out, getting ready to graduate, and he came up to me and said, "Hey, is this something that you would like to to take on and end up being the club president moving forward?" And so, as early as my my second year at Cal Poly, it was starting to deal with all the paperwork, all the logistics, all the field scheduling and dues and everything that kind of goes in with it. And uh, luckily, had someone to kind of help guide me through the process, but my entire time there, I was was a club president, so that's about two, two and a half years um, yeah. that I was kind of able to to be in that role and just kind of continue getting a lot of experience in the sport management side that isn't really there unless you're in a role like this.
0: Yeah, I love it. And you know my background as a assistant director of club sports and and how much I uh, appreciate uh club sports as as leadership and and professional development um is just amazing and um Cal Poly, I mean, I, I'm always floored by by Cal Poly and, and the club, the club sports at Cal Poly are second to none. It's really amazing. I, I remember uh I don't know if you know, know this story, and I probably should have actually just talked about it with a, a recent guest who was on the women's volleyball club. But I remember talking to one of our uh one of our students who was um women's volleyball club, and she was like, Yeah, so we're starting a women's volleyball club. And I was like, Oh, cool, that's that's awesome. And um and then, uh, you know, I, I knew how competitive women's volleyball is. I mean, they they the clubs there's like they have like a, a national tournament in Kansas City every year um, where there's like 120 clubs all in the same venue. And it's like this massive, really competitive thing. And when I was at NC State, our club like qualified once and it was like the most amazing thing they had been like they've been going for like 20 years and they finally qualified and it was like amazing and uh and this this student came back to me like six months later or nine months later and she's like yeah we won the national championship and I was like what your first year you won the national championship and she's like yeah I'm like oh my gosh you know it's just such high level at Cal Poly it's it's really amazing
1: yeah it the club scene is is unreal and it's really great that they're all supportive of each other as well yeah i was on the the club soccer team but we had a great relationship with the the men's basketball the women's volleyball uh women's soccer of course and uh my sister was on the women's volleyball club team uh throughout her college career and was I mean, she really yeah oh, it's just one of those things where they're constantly supporting and alumni are going back and helping, and it's a big part of it. Uh, yeah. The women's soccer team went and won nationals this past year um, yeah, with yeah. a, a friend of mine who was going through school and on the team, uh, was actually my roommate for, for a while. She's now the coach of the team and has been with them for a while. And so it's, uh, it's a great scene at Cal Poly and the club. Just kind of community always comes together.
0: I love it. Well, you'll have to connect me with her. I, I, I want to meet her. Uh that's awesome. Um, so so let's talk, uh let's talk a little bit about um Transitioning out of Cal Poly, so you had this experience, you know, with, with learn by doing, and um, and uh, and and a great experience with with leadership development, um, and professional development with men's soccer club, and but but our current students always like to hear about the internship and that process and how you got it, and you've got a particularly great story that uh that uh with uh with uh, with yours, and so um so tell us a little bit about that process
1: yeah i think i think that process starts even earlier than the actual internship it was very much a years-long process to get there um yeah i did i did the typical uh slow blues internship my uh my second year just doing everything that could possibly need help over there and then uh my after my third year, I went and was with the Washington High School Athletic Association and was the intern up there yeah. uh, for the summer. And then everything at Cal Poly was club president of the soccer team on the club council, was intramural supervisor, just trying to do everything as possible and really mm-hmm. take hold of that that motto of learn by doing and just trying to get as much hands-on experience as possible. So that when I walk into an interview, I could actually relate and say things that I had done and been able to build up. And so that really set me up when I was looking for internships that would kind of progress and be the big thing. And so I was looking to graduate a little bit early in order to hit the cycle that, that some internships were allowing. And, Got connected with the Kansas City Chiefs on a uh, six-month kind of experiential game entertainment internship, which was phenomenal. And so moved out there in February and was really able to to dive into everything that an organization as large as the Kansas City Chiefs is able to, to have their hand in. And so it's one of those things where football organizations, as much as you kind of see the back end staff and everything running around, it's still... small pretty tight-knit organization from the business side and so we had a few people in our game entertainment department and we're tasked with a bunch and we're in charge of all the experiential events and being able to build up an atmosphere that is driving what is essentially the loudest stadium atmosphere in the world
0: yeah
1: Yeah. so a lot of high-end industry experts there and we're kind of tapped in to help run a bunch of the events and different things. And mm-hmm. so there's a hundred different things going on throughout the year. And I was able to get connected on some projects where they're just like, Hey, we're here to to help you out, but we really want you to to run with some of these and try to make some things happen. And if you need us to knock down some walls, like that's what we're here for, but it's on you to to kind of make some things happen. Yeah. And It was phenomenal. And so that was the year that the, NFL draft was transitioning to make day three a little bit more uh, community based and doing it more in towns rather than just having the third day from New York or Chicago or wherever and uh, really tie it into what the community is. And so we had the fortunate experience to kind of be connected with the local Air Force base and had the cool experience of putting it on in front of 2000 air force members in front of a b2 fighter plane and just had went way above and beyond anything that could kind of be expected from anything previously on nfl day three and so that was just something that being a big part of that and being able to kind of run on some of these projects was hugely true uh hugely beneficial as an experience and just something that It teaches you the standards and kind of expectations of an organization that operates at the highest level and uh, have just been able to kind of continue that on, which has been phenomenal. Right.
0: But tell us the story about uh, the panic that you guys had uh, the day before this big event.
1: (laughs) There's always panic before the event.
0: Yeah, yeah. But right wasn't there like a wasn't there like a rumor that uh that uh, coach Reed was going to trade away the the fourth pick or whatever or the fourth round pick or or whatever pick it was.
1: Yeah, so it we were slated for everything on round 4 to round 7 right. and we're all kind of finishing up last minute details at the office and watching day 2 of the draft live and they end up trading some picks. And so now we like don't have our fourth round pick. We don't have our like major one that we're planning for. Right. And so now it's like, okay, we're waiting for the fifth. And then all of a sudden they trade back twice in the third round and are just accumulating like five additional picks uh, <laughs> in, in for day three. And right. so we, I'm like, okay, we're planning for like three draft picks and then we went down to two and then in the span of it we went up to like eight I think was the yeah. final number for, for day three and so wow. we're now scrambling around trying to like connect with the Air Force people who can come up and talk And then day of we're prepping for a certain draft selection to be called right. and anything and right, like on that day I'm the guy who is in the back room being told Hey, this is from the NFL office. Hey, this is who you're selecting. And Mm -hmm. here's the pronunciation, like walking through it, everything. And then I'm having to sprint across the stage and like whisper it to the guy who's in charge of saying it on national TV. And so it was just like stress beyond belief, trying to make sure that everything was happening correctly. And especially for these like talented athletes who this is one of their biggest moments of their lives, like trying to make sure that, it's pronounced correctly so
0: yeah i was gonna say that's like the whispering part like oh god is this i hope this guy gets it right yeah that's wild well well uh uh, thanks for sharing that story bryce and i i i also you know i i love interjecting this story about your internship i was i was bryce's internship supervisor and when Bryce was here we we were in the process of of changing we we had changed the senior project to the model that we're currently using you know with best practices analysis and where you're you're ultimately becoming the expert on a, on a certain subject and then then assessing the effectiveness of it and and Bryce did his on sport promotions and ultimately like obviously relates directly to to what he ended up doing with the chiefs and um And, uh, you know, I, I, do the internship call with his supervisor and 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 she says i have to admit that Bryce uh, ha, ha intimidates me because he knows more about sport promotions than i do and i've been here 7 years and uh and i was like oh wow that's so awesome and she's like i don't know what you're teaching them, and i was like well the great news is that i'm not teaching him anything it's that the the model of them becoming experts in a certain subject uh through senior project definitely uh Definitely was was what I give credit to there. But uh Bryce was one of those students that really took that to heart. And um, you know, becoming an expert on something, I, th- I think there's a couple things that I want to touch on, Bryce. You know, what you said with um with the preparation that you had through the blues, and shout out to Adam. You know, they he runs such a great ship over there at the slow blues, but through the blues and through men's soccer club and all the other things that you were doing. Um, like you said, you have a leg up when you are in an interview. and um, I wonder if you can give some perspective now after you've gone to master to a master's program and a high level master's program that we'll we'll get into that in a few minutes. but your our undergrads, are competing against master students for some of these internships and our undergrads have been really successful over the years. And I do firmly believe it's because of that learn by doing motto and and um, that aspect of, yes, we're going to build our professional experience while we're here in school. Um, I wonder if you can touch on that now that you have a you have a bit more perspective as a master's student also, um, do, do you really think that that, that is a, a, a huge advantage?
1: Oh, absolutely. 100%. And even more so now that I'm on the flip side of um, the one hiring interns for the Bolts and around. And that's another hat that I've kind of taken on here. But it's just one of those things of what we're looking for is someone who, one, shows initiative. We don't have enough people to kind of be looking over your shoulder. And the primary thing that I'm always saying is we're here to help you achieve your kind of career goals and what we want out of the internship is you to to kind of make it your own and take the initiative to help get the most out of it that that you can so that you can walk out of it after three months six months whatever it is and say yes this is hugely beneficial and I'm super confident walking into to my next Mm -hmm. interview whether it is the full-time job or whatever and so we're we're a smaller organization, pretty similar to to the blues in a summer kind of soccer scene and we do youth mm-hmm. sports throughout the year. And but ultimately Cal poly Poly's ability to not only say, Hey, I went through school and I did these mm-hmm. kind of projects in my classwork, but also the emphasis on, hey, I'm gonna do this project, I'm gonna have a league, or I'm going to own this, or I'm encouraged to get internships in my second, third, and fourth year. And that kind of focus just sets you up of being able to talk about a lot of different things that you've been able to take the lead on and own, and that just sets you up tremendously because ultimately people are looking for someone who's a go getter, and Cal Poly is constantly able to to turn those out.
0: Right. Well, I, I jumped the gun a little bit in, in mentioning graduate school, but we'll we'll get into that in a second. Um You, you also you 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 went from the the Chiefs uh and uh ended up with um a, a different organization, another professional franchise, obviously a different sport in the San Antonio Spurs, but um you were uh you were with the Spurs and um uh in an era where they were winning championships i I can't recall whether they won a championship while you were there but it was um they were definitely competing in pretty high level if i if i remember correctly and um i i still use bryce i still use that that picture that you sent me with you with uh courtside with headphones and it's kind of funny because i i've um i've started using it on day one with my intro Uh, to sport management students and asking them what they think you were doing there and it's really funny because none of you know it's their first day in 160 and so they they don't know right and so uh, the first guest this year was uh announcer and I was like oh he's not the announcer (laughs) like there's no (laughs) announcer standing up courtside like that right and then it's like, but they that they, they don't they don't they don't guess it. They never guess it, right? It's and it's really it's interesting because that that gives me the perspective of, hey, I guess I am really doing something and teaching this one sixty, right? Because hopefully they leave realizing uh, exactly what you're doing. But let's talk about the Spurs. Um, when you, when you look back on your Spurs experience, what's the one thing that really stands out where you're like, oh wow, this really. This really benefited me and this experience propelled me.
1: Yeah, I think one, this was was the first time that it was kind of a, a full-time job. Right. Um the Chiefs were were unpaid. It was a phenomenal experience, but at the end it was like, okay, I'm now confident in my abilities. I'm going to go and make this a career. Mm-hmm. And so now it was walking into a position that was really focused and detailed Mm -hmm. and the game entertainment game operations kind of sector is so detailed down to second like every 15 second increment is planned out and detailed from the moment doors open we know what music we're playing we know what is on the jumbotron we know how the general flow of people is going to happen we know where the mascot is at any given time and so there's a hundred different moving parts and it was really honing the ability to thrive within the chaos of of sports as right. i like to to kind of phrase it because just to go back to the, like the the NFL draft like you have to be able to adjust on a dime of anything that happens hey your draft pick got traded okay now we got to adjust and Working every single day, especially in the NBA, where hey, you're doing three games a week, and that turnover time of hey, once you finish one, now you're already planning the next one, and just yep. getting right back into it, and you don't really have that downtime um, it was a huge contrast to the NFL, where it was like an eight month offseason, and then jumping into on season stuff. It's like hey, every day you're you're flying around, and so just that ability to adapt and find solutions that hey, maybe they're not the immediate thing that pops up, but this is how I can successfully make things happen and continue to progress. And just the focus on preparation for ultimately is preparing for the worst in order to do your best and having that ability of, hey, we're going to plan everything down to 15 second increments for a five hour time span. But we know that this plan is going to have to adjust. And having that ability to plan minute details and have that level of attention to detail Mm -hmm. while also recognizing, hey, we can't just be a part of that and we need to be able to continue progressing. And I think there's a lot of larger lessons learned from that experience of, Mm -hmm. hey, just because... This is what the plan is doesn't mean that that's the best thing in this moment of time and a lot of different kind of stories that can be layered into that lesson.
0: Yeah, I love that. You know, um, you you just I, I wish you I wish you could have been in class with me the other day because I actually, you know, I, I talked about once I. Once I told him what you were doing <laughs> courtside, you know, I went into that, how important that attention to detail is. And, um, you know, I, you know, it's I, I love the way you described it in terms of chaos. And I was like thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, it's basically like putting on a Broadway play in the middle of like chaos. Right. In the middle of like the unknowns of what might happen in like a high level NBA basketball game.
1: And uh-huh. you're also surrounded by 20,000 people. Right. So right. if you make a mistake, like they're, yeah. they're going to see. And right. you're also impacting the game. And hey, right. we're able to, to hype the crowd up and get everyone going. And just being able to kind of understand all of that is, is phenomenal. <laughs> so yeah. there's, there's a lot of eyes watching.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know, it, it's funny, Bryce, because I, I still run into people... Um, on a weekly basis, that when I say I'm a sport management professor, they're like, "What? What is that?" And I'm like, you know, I I used to kind of get a little bit ticked about it because I'm like, how could you not know what sport management is, right? Like, why? Why? And but uh, the more uh, as I've gotten older and matured with this, I've 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 come to realize that it's a great thing that they don't know what sport management is because that means. Uh, our, our students, our graduates are, 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 badass at what they do. Right. Because they never see us. They, yeah. It goes off seamlessly without them ever realizing that there are people behind the scenes running all of these operations, you know, yeah. and so that's pretty, I think that's pretty awesome. So did you, did you get to meet, uh, did you get to meet pop?
1: Uh, briefly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah. He's a character. I yeah. was there during the like why Leonard peak. And yeah. so the the conference championship against the Warriors, I was there yeah. um, during that time frame. And uh, they they trusted our our department because uh-huh. we were constantly on the court and everything. We were also the ones who kind of had the closest relationship to, to basketball ops. And so yeah. when all the merchandise and different things needed to be signed, we were the ones who brought it over for signing day and were hanging around making sure, hey this has happened, this has happened. So it was a a unique experience for sure. And just kind of added to it. And I think it's a a great perspective of, hey, the guy in the headset, what's he doing? And it ties 100% into experience management.
0: Exactly.
1: Literally just hey, he's on the court because he's making all the jumbotron and all the stuff that has happened behind the scenes so that fans can enjoy their experience. And I think that's a tremendous kind of tie-in
0: i love it i love it and for those who are not nba fans when i said pop uh did did bryce get to meet pop uh, uh coach uh greg popovich is a legendary uh basketball coach and i don't know when he retires he may go down as the greatest of all time i mean he's just uh he's just legendary and uh so that's pretty awesome so let's talk about you know i i have um bryce you and, and a number of other influential students um you know i i was kind of amazed in my early years um that not a great deal of our students went to graduate school and and i I was always kind of a a bit perplexed as to why because i felt like cal poly was setting uh setting students up for graduate school right with senior project and and that sort of thing and and i knew like with sport management in particular i'm like if you want to get anywhere with sport management you you kind of need a master's degree and um and uh, I, I don't know that you necessarily started to wave, but maybe you helped to to um, make me realize and follow students. Maybe it just coincided with LinkedIn and me being yeah. able to see that our students were going to graduate school. But um, there's, it's, you know, um, I've used you as an example a number of times, and we have lots of students that have uh, completed sport management master's uh, degrees um, now, but you went to one in particular in UMass It's a really highly rated one. One and um and and then you know you got to work for uh for craft Enter- entertainment or was is it, is it the craft group or craft entertainment what is it craft sports uh,
1: entertainment Kraft yeah
0: craft sports entertainment and and the patriots so talk to us about that process and why you made that decision to go to graduate school what that was experience was like and what it was again like to to get back into to NFL
1: yeah absolutely uh, ultimately I've was looking around and recognized with the Spurs that there was going to be a glass ceiling with where I was and where I wanted to go. And yeah. one, it's an organization where everyone loves working there, so they stay there. So it was how do I continue to make myself unique and kind of sellable and find different ways to continue progressing my career? But I also recognized that, at least within that organization, a lot of decisions along what promotions and game op stuff we ran were coming from sponsorships and so i wanted to kind of refine myself a little bit and start to learn what those conversations are taking place so that i can help kind of set those up and be at the table as we're making those decisions and so it was more of an interest to to learn and see how i can improve myself and that focus on continuous improvement that made me, uh, decide to leave the Spurs. And as I was looking around at schools, uh, UMass was one of those that kind of stood out to me personally as similar to Cal Poly. Everything is focused on projects that are hands-on you're learning by doing you're able to tie a lot of things into it. And it's all focused on, Hey, once you're stepping out of this experience, you're going to hit the floor running and we talked earlier about cal poly students having that experience through their undergrad of hey once i get into that job i'm going to hit the ground running and i i felt at home in a similar environment at umass where that was their entire focus and so I was fortunate to to be in an awesome school uh umass's sport management grad program just got rid of number one in the world. I was going to uh, say,
0: I was pretty sure it was pretty high. I knew it was pretty high, yeah, pretty
1: high. <laughs> it was, uh, it was actually based off of my class. Um, the rankings just came out, uh, oh, yeah? that like three years after graduation. So my class just set us up at a uh, number one again, oh, but true. fantastic school, fantastic experience, the ability to also be connected with a bunch of like-minded individuals was phenomenal um and i was fortunate enough to go into the mba and masters in sport management program so i got two degrees coming out of it and so it was a two-year program and the first year was more mba focused and more school business side Mm -hmm. and once again they have you do an internship over the summer so i was connected with uh crunky sports entertainment in denver so I was working with the Denver Nuggets, the Colorado Avalanche, the Colorado Rapids, basically any sports entity outside the Broncos in Denver, this this organization uh, owns. And so that was my first step into corporate partnerships and really enjoyed it. Loved the high-level business conversations and was able to be connected into a lot of different areas of the organization. Was very connected with community based off of whatever partner wanted To have a community effect was very events focused very game ops anything Mm -hmm. we were able to kind of tie every department into it which was fantastic just being able to build those connections being able to see how everyone else runs um truly enjoyed that and was a phenomenal internship experience and so uh Came out of out of that and said, "Okay, this is something that I enjoy doing, and I'm really going to focus my my second year schooling into posi- being positioned in order to capitalize on that momentum." And that ultimately put me in place to uh, get connected with the Patriots and Revs. Was uh, dating a, a girl who recently became my fiance, and she's from the Boston area. Got a job in, in tech in the Boston area. And so my uh world traveling ways were starting to, to slowly come to an end. And uh so I was looking in the Boston area primarily for my next career job and right. uh, was fortunate enough that had a good relationship with some people who were at the the Patriots and Revs and ended up becoming the uh uh working in corporate partnerships there.
0: Mm-hmm. So I love it. It's so awesome. What a great story. And and again, kudos on the uh number one ranking for uh for you, It's really awesome and uh so proud of you along those lines. Um, so let's talk now. Um we we've arrived at the bolts, right? And so um, you know, I, I love it because I feel like you've come full circle now, Bryce. And um it's uh, you know, when I when I look at the Bolts website and 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 you know, was doing some research for, for our talk, um just so impressed with the professionalism that that you that you all exhibit and um and you know seeing that marriage of high level sports with academics and with youth development and and knowing like um you know your orientation of 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 wanting to 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 build um to to build the character of kids not just their not just their uh their, uh, sporting ability. And so I wonder if you can talk about you, you, you alluded to it earlier, you wearing a lot of hats. Um, but, uh, tell us, uh, tell our listeners, um, uh, what the Boston bolts do, um, how you ended up with the bolts and, um, and let's, uh, let's get into some of those hats you're wearing.
1: Yeah. Well, first off, hopefully the website didn't run you in too many circles. That's uh, one of my areas of, of expertise. So, Hopefully oh, it was nice to you. It was, it was. Yeah.
0: Like I said, very impressed.
1: Yeah. So just to continue adding a little bit of background, I spent a couple years with the Patriots and Revs, and decided that um, ultimately I was losing sight of my why and why I was in sports, which was to ultimately have kids fall in love with with the sport. I didn't really care what it was. I worked in basketball, hockey, soccer. I just love that experience of a kid walking into the stadium or something and their eyes light up and now they're a lifetime fan. And that was was my why. And I consistently saw it on a day-to-day basis when I was with the Chiefs and Spurs and working in game entertainment. Mm -hmm. But when I was transitioning into corporate partnerships, I was working on million-dollar deals and so had a slightly different demographic that I was working with and so wanted to get back to to why I pursued sports as as an interest in the first place and so was fortunate enough to get connected with the bolts and they didn't have a marketing person at all it was someone who their younger son was around and playing soccer and would put up a couple posts every so often in order to make sure that we had a social presence but uh it was really a Pretty blank canvas and a blank slate for me to step into and awesome I uh, was fortunate to kind of be given the runway of hey, this is gonna be your project. this is what you own, and this is what we want you to kind of be in charge of while well, I was also coaching two teams um was a soccer guy, so had been kind of doing my coaching licenses through all of my different stops and everything so oh you uh, had you had all you had you been keeping that up. Yep. Yep. And so I mean, I'd previously been working in like just town soccer and local stuff. And so the opportunity to get back onto the soccer side and help coach and really have the the boots on the ground approach to that grassroots. Hey, I have the ability to work with kids and kind of inspire that love for, for the sport. That was ultimately Aligned with what my why was and why I wanted to be here. And so it's been an awesome opportunity, but as far as different hats go marketing. And so anything you see on social, anything you see on our website, anything that is kind of going out into the communities, um, is it's all under my kind of purview. And then if that's not enough, I was promoted into our 99, uh, role, so. There's six teams within our kind of 99 age groups, which is that transition from, okay, you're, you're little kids, we're trying to teach you just to love the game, and a little bit more into tactical before you get into the full 11-a-side game. And so right. uh, I'm the manager in charge of everything for... Six teams in the area and just making sure everything's moving forward. And so, uh, helping provide that overview on top of coaching two of our ECNL teams, which are kind of national platforms. There's several out in California that compete at really high levels. And so we're, we're traveling from Boston down to New York and Connecticut and different areas to kind of provide these kids a, a high level competitive experience.
0: Right. Well, I, I love you. I love you talking about that. Why, uh, Bryce? And I think that's so important. I mean, I think some people, you know, might um, from afar look at it and go, oh, well, why'd you go from the the Patriots to the Bolts? Like that doesn't make sense. And and yeah, it does when you talk about that. Why? And um, and I think that is so critically important, whether you're in travel tourism, whether you're in special events, outdoor recreation or sport management, right? That, that why is so critically important. And if you don't have that, no matter where you are, um, you're, you're going to end up miserable, um, or, or, and not, I don't want to go that far. You're going to end up with not as high a job satisfaction as you might want. Right. And, um, and so uh, think thinking and considering that why. Um, wow, um you've given us a lot already, but but that why part is, is so critical and just appreciate you uh reflecting on that. Um, uh, the last question that I want to leave you with, cause I know you got to get out there to the pitch, to the snow, the, 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 the
1: snowy yeah. pitch. We, uh, we might try to just last inside as, as long as possible. <laughs> Don't worry about you. me.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Um, so let's talk, what, what would you, um, now, obviously I know that junior year Bryce was a pretty, uh, it was pretty high level already, but, um, but if you think back, um, what advice would you give to junior or senior uh, year, Bryce? Uh, now, knowing that yeah,
1: there's about. there's a couple pieces that I am always talking about, whether it's with former students or any of the kids. I'm fortunate enough to be working with a lot of U19, so seniors in high school uh, kids, and that I think the biggest thing is always. What's what's your why? And it doesn't doesn't matter what it is. Sometimes it's just, hey, I want to, for me, work in grassroots and help kids inspire kids. Sometimes it's, hey, I want to make the world a better place. Sometimes it's, I want to financially be set up and be in a great position that way. And hey, it doesn't matter what it is, but identifying that is going to make it so clear into what you want to do. And kind of give your career a more more of a purpose as you're looking through and especially your your sophomore junior years of school you're looking around and trying to kind of identify what career path you're looking at and if you're able to say and i'll align that with with what you're able to do, it's going to kind of set you up so that you can confidently go into an interview or wherever, or a networking event and, and speak about that and your passion is going to show through and it's just going to lend that extra weight, uh, regardless of anything else that you've been able to do through that time. And so I think especially now that I'm on the, the interviewing side of things, one of the worst things is, and I know you talk about it immediately in 160, that the love of sports is not not going to be enough in order to get the job. Every Everyone walking through that door has a love of sports and hey, this isn't right. why you end up getting a right. profession out of it. Right. It's something else that that needs to drive you forward, especially on the long days when you're working 20-hour days in order to to make things happen. Um, there's a lot of burnout. So if you don't have that why, especially in our industry, it, it'll it come back to kind of bite you. So mm-hmm. the first part would definitely be what's, what's the purpose? What are you driving towards? And then the second part is just kind of accept any any role, anything that you can do, get your hands on. And there's so many opportunities for you to learn. And it might not be... The most glamorous thing, it might not be something that you're going to even utilize down the road. But for me, just being able to capitalize on what a unique environment that universities provide, because quite honestly, there's so little adult oversight that it's a breeding ground for, hey, someone's got to rise up and take on that leadership charge and you got to be the one to kind of take on some roles and so they're hoping that that people kind of have these life skills and get to develop their own careers and different platforms and so just at cal poly i was mentioned before club president as a sophomore was club council as a junior was working in intramurals first job was intramural referee for yeah, basketball, soccer, flag football,
0: following in dad's footsteps, any, yeah.
1: anything that could kind of keep me busy. And it was nice to have a little money in the pocket while going through school and had some food and everything. But it was just that experience I enjoyed. I liked the intramural experience, was able to become an intramural supervisor and start to sculpt kind of some of the policies that they were enacting there. And so next thing you know, I'm working closely with the athletic department and soccer because i'm the club soccer president and doing all this stuff and so now just as a junior at at cal poly i've worked with our d1 athletic program i've worked in club soccer i've worked in intramurals so essentially all three levels of what universities can kind of provide i was having high level conversations and being able to kind of enact some change and make things happen. And all of it was because it was, hey, let's put a lot on on the plate. And this is ultimately going to Mm -hmm. be a lot. But it just added so many different ways for me to talk in an interview. We're talking a networking event that hey, this is something that I've done something similar and I've got this experience, but I've also got this and I've got this. And it just shows that who you are as a as a person is hey i want to drive things forward and i want to make things happen and i'm not just going to sit in the background and so i think i'm at the point where after i got the bullets i just started having to delete things from linkedin after a point because it was getting too long and too many jobs and different things and so it's like okay now i gotta start to compile a little bit but i think that was was always one of the biggest things and then just I feel a, a need in order to, to say it because it was the biggest lesson that, that UMass was always pushing is um, the networking side of things and just being able to to connect and hey, now Cal Poly's got a pretty robust alumni network and there's different ways of people are always willing to, to give a little bit of time, but reach out yeah. at a minimum. It's nice to have conversations and different yeah. things that even if it's things that, hey, maybe we can't help you in your job search or different things, having one or two kind of life lessons from these people is always super beneficial. And you never know when you might be able to to have them kind of vouch for you. And it's it's a hugely beneficial thing in your your career search.
0: Definitely. And you know, I, I love that you reminded me of that. Uh I love sports, uh, thing, you know, I, uh, I, I don't remember, I, I don't recall exactly who I heard this from, but I think it was, um, I think it was a graduate, um, administrator. Um, and, um, I, I think it was one a, a graduate administrator. and I think it was also a, a high level professional sports, um, uh hr manager i I think it was those two and i heard that from both of them and um and that was um what's the what's the biggest uh what's the biggest way to get your resume um, uh, or cover letter put into the no pile. And that's to open with, I love sports, (laughs) you know, and uh, because like you said, like every, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You and every, all 500 other people that uh, apply for this job. And so I think that's such great advice to make sure you know not only that you have that why that you've talked about but that you're able to articulate it and that you're able to articulate it in a, in a way that stands out and is different from yeah. i love sports
1: you know yeah. so yeah. Uh, and and that's uh, a huge part of it for sure is hey, it's great to to have a why but also prep yourself and feel comfortable running through demos of hey in yeah. front of the screen run, run through some questions anything but like you said, one of the quickest ways for me to put something in the no pile is when I ask, like, hey, what is. What's the goal? Like, what what can we do from an internship perspective to help you with your goals? And they're like, well, I don't really know what I want to do. And it's like, OK, well, then I can't help you if if you don't know, like right. at at a minimum. At least say something, at least have a plan, at least something that right. you can can go towards, even if you aren't positive that at the end of this, this is what you're going to, to take out of it. Right. It's always right. beneficial just to have a plan and be able to articulate what you want to do so that now I can help you. And that's ultimately what internships are about is
0: 100%. if we can
1: help, help students achieve their goals.
0: Right, 100%. Well, Bryce, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time on this uh, snowy day in Boston to uh, to uh, talk to us, and um, just uh, like I said, so proud of you, and so uh, so happy that you you found your you found your why, and you found your place. And um, I know uh, I, you know when I think about. Those kids who are are in the Bolts program, the fact that they've got you as a mentor and and as, as a coach, and uh, I know it's just it's just fabulous. And so I uh, can't thank you enough.
1: Oh, it's phenomenal. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure, and uh, I'm always available if if any Cal Poly students want to reach out. I'll uh, I'll leave my contact info with with Dr. Greenwood as well, so that any uh, 160 or any experience in industry management students are. Are looking for it or want to touch base i'm i'm always available for y'all really appreciate that thanks bryce see ya yeah. take it